0: point where we believe that I am the starting point. And those are our two options in life. And so um, we, uh, we start with that, but we also see that of course God didn't just um, you know, send it down from heaven or dictate everything. He used uh, men, apostles and prophets to bring us his word and, and that's a um, in many ways challenging thing for us to understand how it's going to be God's word and yet man's word. In the Bible that claim that it's true. Um, we also then um, have talked here briefly about the fact that not only does the Bible say it's God's Word, but not surprisingly, as we look at the evidence, what we call textual evidence, for an ancient document, we see the Bible doesn't become anywhere close to anything else in the ancient world. It is so far beyond uh, what we call attestation that um, there's no doubt uh, that what we have before us is what the the biblical authors wrote. Uh, There's so much evidence that it's it's almost laughable (laughs) in comparison to anything else. And you would expect that. God would preserve his word and all these copies and so forth. Now, related to that then, there are what we call different families of manuscripts of these thousands of manuscripts. And the one is what we call the majority text, and the other is what we call the Alexandrian text. There's some other terms that are used with it. And um, uh, one thing that maybe I didn't emphasize enough last time is that the differences between the two are minimal. There aren't that many differences at all. Okay, so when we're talking about the differences between the two, we're talking about a very small percentage And the differences are usually very minor, such as the verse ends with Amen, or it doesn't. Or it says Jesus, and the other says Jesus Christ, or something like that. Now, there are others that are more significant, but none of them challenge anything that we believe in our doctrines. There's nothing that would um, uh, make us wonder, should we believe this or should we believe that, uh, in terms of our... or whatever translated from the Greek or Hebrew is um, maybe obscured a bit uh, maybe on a very few occasions you might say it's wrong uh, but understanding that original is, is very helpful uh, at minimum in, in uh, our understanding of scriptures. Yes, sir? Whenever there is translators like like do they go straight from the Hebrew to the other languages or do they go from English? Um, I think it depends on who it is, uh, but it's my understanding they, they start with the original. Um, I, I'm, I'm not as familiar with that. I've actually been asked to help with Cliff before, and maybe someday I will. Um, and I'll learn more about that, that process. But it's my understanding, yes, um, there may be some things that they don't. So anyway, um, last time some questions were raised on whether or not we, we have to do it. And as I was reflecting on, on what I said, I thought, well, maybe I didn't explain myself as clearly as I know. And we have just incredible abilities to be able to study the original languages. Really, uh, in many ways, in, in ways that hasn't ever been been possible in the history of the church. Now, there's certainly been times, especially at the very beginning, and and uh, even um, in the last few other years. But in, in many ways, we have opportunities that no one else has had in the history of the church. And um, um, is place to love and be for his word, and I just can't imagine doing it differently. And not just because I'm a pastor. Uh, that's why Nathaniel, I've taught him Greek and Hebrew. And I would say he can do, he can add, subtract, multiply, divide, in Greek. He's not quite there in Hebrew. And I'm starting with Anna and even Aileen in all of this. Uh, and I'll continue to do with the rest of the children. So, anyway, that. Hopefully, it'll explain a little better what I'm, what I'm thinking uh, in, in making comments like this. Um, so, anyway, I don't want to belabor the point, but I thought maybe a little clarification might be helpful. Um, all right, so then we turn to uh, another topic here, and that is, why do we accept the books of the Bible that we do? Okay, why 39 from the Old Testament and 27 from the New? What about the Apocrypha? What about the Gospel of Thomas? You know, things like that. Why do we say there are 66 books and not others? But why do we accept Esther? It doesn't say God is the book at all. Why do we accept James? It seems to contradict Paul. Uh, These are the questions that we are asking. And so I started by saying simply, first of all, in the Old Testament, we accept all 39 books because Jesus did. It's really that simple. And we read from Luke 24... Where he talks about the law of the prophets and the writings. And when he says that, he's referring to those 39 books. The Hebrew Old Testament puts them in a different order than what we have in English, but he's referring to those 39 books. And so if Jesus accepted them, including the book of Esther, then we should as well. Um, and so, anyways, that's, that's all we need to say. But we also can say that the apostles reference the Old Testament books. Um, everyone is at least referenced, except maybe the book of Esther. Um, but many of them, of course, quote from these Old Testament books. And so because the apostles referred to them, this is another reason why we accept these 39 books. Um, and then thirdly, the early church did not even really consider the Apocrypha as worthy of being included until about 500 AD. So it wasn't like it was a debate very early on. The Muratorian canon uh, was at the end of the 2nd century, and and they listed the books of the New Testament as being God's word. Um, There still was some debate over the book of James, and I think it was 2 Peter at the time, Um, and maybe Jude. There's still some debate over those. There wasn't any debate over the Apocryphal. That was later. So as you as you listen to what Jesus says and the apostles and the early church, we really don't have uh, much debate over the Old Testament. People will, but I, I don't think there's any need really for it. For the New Testament, uh, it's a little bit different. Obviously, the New Testament was completed after Jesus uh, ascended and. Um, John, we believe, probably wrote Revelation about 95 AD, something like that. There's some debate on on what he wrote. And so, you know, these things are happening. And so how how do we accept, or why do we accept 27 books? Why not some of these other ones? Well, we have some criteria that we use here. And let me uh, write these down here a moment. An apostle, or someone related to an apostle, um, associated with him. Uh, right. So obviously Matthew was an apostle. Okay, so no question there. Mark was not, but he was uh, closely connected with Peter. And so there's that connection. Luke, of course, was not, but he was connected closely with with uh, Paul. Obviously John was. Obviously Paul was. Uh, we don't know who we the book of Hebrews, but it was either apostle or someone connected. Some say Apollos, some say Barnabas. You know, we don't know. Um, obviously, you have James. He's the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, and was leader of the early church. Jude is also the half-brother of Jesus, and also uh, associated with the apostles in Jerusalem. So, um, that's our standard. And um, secondly, then, I'll just summarize it this way, the content of the letters needs to be consistent with the rest of the scriptures. And it seems like an obvious point. Uh, If we look at the Apocrypha here, first of all, and say you're to read the book of Judith or... Uh, one of the books of Maccabees or uh, the long version of Daniel or, you know, whatever it is, okay? When you read these things, there are parts of it that sound just like the Scriptures. But there are other parts that don't. There's something different about them. And it's inconsistent in some way. Um, Same can be said for the Gospel of Thomas or this other letter from Peter and so on and so forth that we see in the New Testament. Uh, after the New Testament era, and um, again, they're, they're just inconsistencies. They don't line up with the rest of the scriptures. And so, that's the second standard. Okay. And that, that makes sense. Yes? If that's the second standard, why do we accept James because it seems to contradict Paul? Yes, good question. And that's, <coughs> that's partly why James took a while to be accepted. <coughs> it did seem to be any contradiction. Um, but, they did accept it, and uh, the reason is what we would say today uh, as well: that that James and Paul are talking about, if you will, know, two different sides of justification. Uh, they're not contradictions, but they're emphasizing a different aspect of justification. Paul obviously is emphasizing uh, the initial declaration: we don't do anything; we just believe on Christ. Uh, but James is saying that faith will demonstrate itself in what we do. And and that um, justifies in the sense of uh, vindicates or clarifies or something to that effect. Um, And so um, the same can be said for uh, the book of 2 Peter. Um, There's a lot of Greek terminology in it. And so some people are a little concerned about that. You don't have as many Hebrais as we would say uh, we could say the same thing even about Jude. Uh, there were things in it, especially where he makes reference to one of the apocryphal works. You that. Um, and so there has been some debate, but after uh, roughly about a hundred years after John wrote Revelation, and all the books of the New Testament were accepted as we know them today. Um, and uh, all but three, if I remember correctly, uh, were accepted right away. And those were debated for a period of time. And so that then is the third one. (coughs) Um, Let's see, how should I summarize this? Um, were referenced and used quoting from these books. They're referencing them. And there's nobody uh, debating almost every one of them. There's a few, but they're still being used uh, by the church. And um, and so these are the three criteria that we have used uh, to to justify the ones we we do. So, as you look at these other ones, then, they they don't pass the test, as it were. So, So we accept these 27, and this is also, then, why we don't add the Quran or the Book of Mormon and other things. You know, people today will even say, well, God spoke to me, and, you know, they basically treat it as another book of the Bible or something like that. Um, But uh, we don't include that. Let's turn here a moment, then, to uh, a couple passages. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. There are a couple places here in the New Testament where um, the authors actually make reference to uh, their own works as scriptures. So First 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 13, Paul says this. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also also effectively works in you who believe. Um, And here you have uh, Paul speaking regarding what he said to them as being God's word. Um, Then let's turn to 2 Timothy, or excuse me, 2 Peter, sorry, 2 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter 3, and uh, verse 14, 2 uh, Peter 3, 14, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by Him in peace, without spot and blameless, and consider that the long suffering of our Lord's salvation is also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him as written to you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as to do also the rest of the scriptures. So you can see how Peter then is equating Paul's letters with scripture. Now, we're not totally sure when Peter wrote. Uh, We believe he probably wrote this letter uh, about the same time as Paul was writing. 1st um, and 2nd Timothy and Titus. Okay, so if we exclude those three letters, Peter's referring to 10 of Paul's letters. And he might even be referring to those other three. Um, we don't know for sure. But he's at least referring to the ones that Paul had written up to that point as scripture. And, uh, and then if you turn to Revelation at the very end, chapter 22, uh, we have. These words. Now, the reason why the book of Revelation is put last is because we believe it was written last and because of how John ends it. He ends it very specifically because this is really an end of the New Testament. And so, if you look at uh, verse 18 here in Revelation 22, verse 18, for I testified everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone asks these things, God will add to him the plagues that were written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall also, excuse me, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Now obviously he's saying, this book, but the church put it here because they believed that was true for all the scriptures and all the New Testament. Um, And as you look at the book of Revelation, especially the last two chapters, there are so many connections to Genesis 1-3. It's very intentional, certainly on the Holy Spirit's part, and probably John's part, at least to some degree, consciously thinking this way. Um, And the church saw that. They said, look, the Bible begins this way, the Bible ends this way, we see all these connections. So they put it here. And they, they have taken these words of John, referring to the book of Revelation, as applying to the New Testament as a whole. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. This is God's word. So, as I said, the Old Testament is pretty easy. The New Testament is a little bit harder. Um, but, again, we, we really have every reason to believe that these 27 books God's word, and and we should believe in a way with what's found there. Okay, questions or comments here. Yes,
1: Bill. You know I've been reading some of the the old materials, etc. Yes. And totally agree with everything you're saying, of course. Uh, it's not like we credit the church fathers and their so much wiser than we are, and they yes for this one, no for this one, etc. Uh, the impression I got, in fact, the stated these books. It's not as if we have to decide. Yes, and Buddha This set of books here, I don't want to dispute. Right. Now. Yeah. We're sent from the beginning. Right. This generation. This generation. is uh, I won't say self-selected. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's, it's accepted from the earliest generations, way back when, back at a time when the people who were alive and could have been interviewed, etc. They could have been refuted if they did, etc. Right. Right? Discredited. Right. And yeah. that never happened. Yeah. So, then, like they going just, back further and further, yeah. and so they, were, they were books that had always been accepted by the earliest generations after Christ. Et right. So they were already in there. So it's not like, oh, yes. Right.
0: Yeah, they were just. Can you say rubber stamping? Something yeah, confirming. Already been there. Absolutely. Yeah, and as we just read, Paul saw his own works to be scripture. What he was saying, and then what he was writing, and Peter, uh, we just read, uh, clearly indicates that Pauls were, were seen as scripture, um, and, and that's of course before they died. Really, by the end of the first century, there wasn't much debate beyond that. As soon as John's book was written, hey, pretty much everybody accepted all of them. There were some debates on these, these few books, but
1: not not greatly. Uh, and there are at least some places in the Apocrypha. I don't have all the examples. I'm not that familiar with it. Where the author admits his own weakness. Paul and Peter say, "Yeah, this is God's word, etc." But the author it is his own weakness, you know. And how is that not for the weakness of this document? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's, that's not a true for all but there are some statements that <coughs> have yeah. yeah.
0: other uh, comments or questions? Yeah, Joe. Council Jim, well, <coughs> Jim. Well, that was a Jewish body, wasn't it? I don't recall, Joe. Um well, if you know more about that. 53 50, BC, except that the 39 books of the Old Testament is. You know, this has been like 50 some years since I studied that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if we can go back even before that, of course. Um, we can see um, Jeremiah bringing different things and make reference in the scriptures. Obviously, by the time he gets to Septuagint, you can see that, that pattern. But yeah, there was a, an effect. Or something like that. Somewhere there before Christ. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't remember the details of that. Uh, but regardless, Jesus is the one accepting the ones that they had together. piece By these lights right? we can turn the light bulb on so we can see that, that's really the meaning here. Um, <clears throat> inspiration is what happened when the bible was written eh, by John and Paul and Matthew and so forth right? that's when inspiration happened, it doesn't happen today this is when revelation took place illumination is what happens now Spirit works in us to help us see and understand what was inspired. Now, it's important we make this distinction because for about the last hundred years, especially in the mainline denominations, they have not made this distinction. In fact, they would say that revelation and inspiration happens right now. Now, the person who made this very popular is Karl Barth. You may have heard of him, you may have heard of Neo-Orthodoxy or the Theology of Crisis or something like that, um, and his views became very common in the mainline churches, especially the mainline Presbyterian Church, but, but even beyond that. And he said that this is not God's Word until you understand it. It would be funny if it hasn't led to so many problems. <laughs> okay? But, you know, it, it, it doesn't become God's word to you until the Spirit works in your heart. Now, is he getting on to something that's right? Yes, of course he is. But he is mixing these two together. We need to separate. Okay? This is God's word, whether I use it as a doorstop, or I read it every day. Right? This is God's Word. Period. Because God revealed Himself inspiring these men to write these things down. Whether I believe it or not, whether I understand it or not, it's God's Word. But I need the Holy Spirit to help me to understand it. To turn the light on. Right? 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 2, especially. Paul speaks of. And so we need the illuminating work of the Spirit to help us understand it. So inspiration happened thousands of years ago. Illumination happens right now when the Spirit is helping me to understand it. So be careful. (laughs) When uh, Nathaniel and I went out to visit Wheaton, we had a some open times of conversation with some of the professors, and uh, I specifically wanted to talk to some in the theology department, because some of their requirements is to take Old Testament, New Testament, and, you know, some things like that. Um, so, anyway, I uh, came out and asked some pretty direct questions. I said, I heard Wheaton is coming liberal. What do you say? Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: I wanted to know what they were saying. tell me. Well, they told me, well, here is our, our uh, statement of beliefs. And that's what we abide by. and skills in, in interpreting the scriptures. All right, let's pray Lord, we thank you for, uh, for your work and that you have given it to us and preserved it for us. We are thankful, Lord, that your spirit spoke it initially and speaks to us through it, uh, even now. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for his work for us. And we are thankful that he has... Uh, preserved your word over these many centuries, and has given us literally thousands, thousands of of, uh, places where your word is referenced, giving us confidence that what we have today is what you actually spoke through uh, the apostles and prophets. We thank you for this confidence, and so, therefore, may we uh, rest upon what your word says, believe it, and live by it. We pray for that now as we come to worship you. And that you would strengthen us by this same spirit to, to give you praise. And I pray that you would grow some